In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our reading is the Gospel reading, which I've already read. You may be seated. Jacob wrestled with God throughout the night, seeking a blessing from him. The promise that was given to his father Abraham had been passed down to his father Isaac. And after tricking Isaac into blessing him instead of Esau, Jacob found himself in a rather perilous position. Esau had plotted to kill his brother Jacob from the time of his father's death. And ever since that time, Jacob was on the run. As Jacob traveled with his family at this point with 11 children, soon to be 12, the 12 tribes of Israel, Esau and a company of his men advanced on their position. Had God revoked the promise that he'd given to Abraham and Isaac? Would God abandon Jacob and his children? Jacob wrestled with God all night over that very question. The Canaanite woman in our gospel reading had also heard about the preaching and the miracles that Jesus had done and came to ask him if he would exorcise the demon from his daughter. She had heard that Jesus had healed the sick in Gennesaret. She had heard that Jesus fed 5,000 men plus the women and children in the wilderness with only five loaves and two fish. She had heard all of these wonderful things about this Jesus, whose compassion for the downtrodden and helpless was unmatched. In simple faith, she cried out to Jesus, David's son and David's Lord, for mercy. And based on what she'd heard about him, she was confident that he would hear and answer her prayers. We ourselves today know what a great promise that we have in God with this. He has indeed commanded us to pray in the second commandment, but he's also graciously promised to hear our prayers. Solomon declares to us in Proverbs 15, The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. And again he says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Most beautifully, and probably what is my favorite passage about prayer in the scriptures, God declares to us in Psalm 50, 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will hear you, and you will honor me. Now, despite these great promises from God, the Canaanite woman, after she had called out to Jesus, received not even a word from him. He wouldn't even dignify her by acknowledging her presence or request at all. I imagine he didn't even look in her general direction. How often have you in your prayers received this kind of silence from God? Now, at first, it's easy to sort of explain this away. Perhaps my need isn't all that pressing. After all, God certainly knows what important things are happening in the world. I've actually heard this from the lips of Christians. 
Maybe God is at work in another place, and eventually, when he gets around to it, he'll get to my request. So we continue to pray undaunted, and perhaps we may even ask our friends to pray for us, as the disciples prayed for this woman, asking Jesus to help her. We can kind of see that there is more than just send her away and what, what they ask him, because Jesus responds that he was sent for a certain people, not necessarily for this woman. Well, that leads us to this very harsh blow that Jesus gives to her. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This woman we know is a Canaanite. In other words, she had the wrong ancestry. She was of the wrong house and lineage. She was not of the house and line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not only that, but if you recall from your scripture history, the Canaanites were the people that God had removed from the land of Abraham's promise. Their sin, especially their propensity to sacrifice their own children to their gods, caused God to send Joshua and his troops into the promised land to eradicate these people. They were not to leave one living. But neither are you of the house of Abraham. The word Jesus uses here is pretty exclusive. Only, he says, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. God chose, God's chosen people, we are not. In fact, Jesus even tells the Canaanite woman, calls her and calls us, by extension, but dogs compared to the children of Abraham. There are times when God's silence makes it seem as if we are not worthy of his attention, regardless of what he has promised us in his word. Our small catechism reminds us we are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. We are not worthy for the bread that was meant for the children, even the crumbs that fall from the table. We are dogs. But do you have a dog that sits under your table? As many of you know, children aren't always the cleanest eaters. Food gets dropped and drink gets spilled. Having a hungry dog under the table helps keep that floor nice and clean. And so, what has God actually said to you and about you in his word? St. John writes in his gospel, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Because God has placed his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit upon you, he adopted you into his family. And so now Jesus is your brother, and God, our Father in heaven, is in fact our Father. He tenderly invites us to pray to him, asking us to speak to him as children speak to their fathers. This is why we say our Father in the Lord's Prayer. 
Later on, the same apostle writes in his first epistle, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And the psalmist declares, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. By faith in these promises of God, the status of this Canaanite woman was changed. Jesus was moved by her unwavering faith in what she had heard about him and turns and heals her daughter. And this, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, is how our God continues to operate among us today. Though he may seem silent in the hour of our deepest need, he has already acted in his mercy and steadfast love toward you. He, your brother, pleads your case before the Heavenly Father. And because you are now God's children, he does not just let the crumbs fall to you from the table. You don't just get the scraps or the leftovers. You get the full banquet. You are given a seat with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. You are given a seat with our sister, this Canaanite woman. It is not genealogy that makes us children for Abraham, but it is our baptism into Christ. And it is the promises that God has made to us. St. Paul writes, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. God can and does raise up sons and daughters for Abraham among us by our baptism into Christ. He has changed you from being a lowly dog into being a sheep in his house. You are, in fact, the true sons and daughters of Abraham, heirs of the promises made to him by faith in our Lord Jesus, who is the son of David. And so in those moments of silence from God, and in those moments when the devil and your sinful flesh try to convince you that you are unworthy of God's gifts, look not to the outward things of this life. Do not look at your circumstances or whether or not it seems as if God is listening to your prayers. Look instead to what God has objectively done to you and for you, and what he has actually said to you in his word. Your God has baptized you. He has placed his name upon you. And he has made you his dear child. He has said to you that your sins, though scarlet, are washed away and are white as snow. He feeds you with his word that he pours into your ears through the reading and the preaching of the scriptures. But he also takes that word and joins it to bread and to wine to feed you in his supper. And so, dear Christian, in these moments of doubt and despair, look to God's promise. As you wrestle with God, know that he has not forgiven you, but he has remembered you according to his steadfast love and mercy. 
For those promises he made to you are rooted and grounded in the very blood of his Son and our brother, Jesus Christ. In his name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.